vibrant, vibrant, vibrant music teaching. Proven and practical tips, strategies, and ideas for, for music, music teachers. teachers. You're listening to the Vibrant Music Teaching Podcast. I'm Nicola Canton, and today we're talking about the metronome. What's up, beautiful teachers? So good to be back with you again. I hope you're having a fabulous week. We're going to be talking about the metronome, one of the mainstays, I think, of many music lessons today. But before we get there, I wanted to mention something. This summer, we are going to be at NCKP. If you're not familiar with that acronym, that is the National Conference on Keyboard Pedagogy. It's run by the Francis Clark Center, and it's just outside Chicago in Illinois. If you haven't already got a ticket and it's possible for you to be in Chicago-ish at the end of July, then I would hop to it. It is my favorite conference. (laughs) I'm a little bit biased towards it because it was also my first big conference, but I absolutely love it. It is always so worth it to me. We are going to be there. We're going to have a booth in the exhibit hall. I'm giving a few different presentations as well, which I'm truly honored to be able to do. It's just going to be so much fun and I would love to meet you there. So if you are going to be there and you listen to the podcast, you're a member, you read the blog, whatever, please let me know because I'm hoping to organize a little meetup while we're all there and I would just love to catch up with you. Now, if you can't make it to NCKP, if you're in a completely different part of the world like me and it's uber expensive to get over there, I totally get it. We'll continue all our professional development as usual according to the usual schedule here on the podcast, on the blog, and in the membership. And today we're talking about the metronome. So I wanted to touch on this because I realized there's this little technique that I've been doing actually for some years now, but I don't think I've ever really talked about it anywhere. So I thought it would be a good opportunity to revisit this standard part of music practice and music lessons, introduce this idea to you in case you've never thought to do this. So we'll start with the metronome. Okay, what is it for? If you've heard me talk about the metronome before, you'll know I have a bit of a thing about it because a lot of people think it's for rhythm. And once I understood that it wasn't for rhythm, that's when I started to make real use of the metronome. So I'm definitely not against metronome use in the traditional way. I am against the metronome being on for an entire lesson for every lesson. Have you ever seen one of those? I've seen videos of these lessons and it just looks so miserable for the student and the teacher. I couldn't have that sound going on all the time. But I am absolutely in favor for it in of it in the right context, right? So for me, the metronome does not fix rhythm because it doesn't. If you have poor rhythm skills and somebody turns on a metronome, that doesn't help. It actually makes it worse because all you're doing now is stressing that student out. What the metronome is great at is helping us practice more effectively. So the metronome can help us control our tempo so that we have varied practice speeds. I think this is huge for many students who, even with the best of intentions, even when they understand what we're saying about having to practice slow to go fast or having to continue to vary the tempo of your practice all the way up to a performance, it can be hard to do that. And we know it is because we've experienced it too, right? Are you always super disciplined about practicing at all different tempi with your pieces? Have you always been so if you are now? 
I don't think so, right? It's really hard to control ourselves when it sounds better at the performance tempo because that's the tempo we think it's supposed to be, right? There's a reason we chose that speed. So the metronome can just be this extra helping hand in having the discipline to practice slow, medium and fast. I like to have my students practicing if we're in the lead up to something sort of important like an exam, a performance, some other situation where you're going to have to play that piece in a high pressure environment or it's just a piece that they really care about playing well for whatever reason then I like to have them do pick a slow tempo and that should be really almost excruciatingly slow medium which is like you know I can play this it's close-ish to the performance tempo but I can play it with less effort performance tempo which is I'm planning to play this speed in my performance and then faster than performance tempo, if we can manage that. Because I'd prefer for the performance tempo to be a choice, not a maximum. It shouldn't be just the ceiling of how fast I can possibly play this piece. It should be a a tempo that we actually chose for ourselves. And a good indicator of that is if we can actually play it faster than that, and we're scaling it back. Another good use of the metronome is increasing the tempo gradually. So I'm sure you've done this before, but you start at a tempo that you can play with the metronome at, even if that's 30 beats per minute, and then you go up five and another five or three and another three and you keep going. And if you do that for several days, you'll find the tempo starts to notch up and the slightly faster tempo feels the same way the slower tempo did to you before. So it's a great tool for speeding up a piece and working on a piece in a very controlled way. The other thing the metronome does, and this is a big one for my students, is it forces us to face the parts that we don't know. Do you know what I mean by this? Sometimes our students especially, who have less sort of oral awareness, I think, of what they're playing sometimes than a more experienced musician would, they can gloss over the bits that they don't know. Whereas a metronome, when it's on, it's not that ultimately we're going to want to play it in that exact precise tempo you know as if we're a robot but we come across that part where we can't stay with the metronome and we were roughly the same tempo we're just not quite at the tempo of the metronome at that point because we don't know it as well and it just forces us to face that down to look it in the eye and say hey I do not know that section as well as the rest of the piece So that's what the metronome is for. I think it's a great tool and I continue to use it. But there are some times when it isn't the right choice. And yet we still need, we still have similar goals. We have similar needs for our students' practice. So for some students, the metronome is just really hard to listen to, hard to play with. Sometimes we just need variety and sometimes it doesn't suit the style of the music we're playing. So a go-to alternative for many teachers is to use some kind of drum beat. You can use an app like Super Metronome Groovebox or just look up different drum beats on YouTube. You can look for 80 BPM drumming track on YouTube. Just like search for those words and you'll come up with loads of options there. You can also use teacher duet parts to keep a student in time if they're not ready for or not in the mood for the metronome work sometimes. If there isn't a teacher duet part or they just need something simpler, you can play in unison with them instead. Or you can use backing tracks if a piece comes with those. Now let me tell you about my tip that might be new to you, because you probably know about those. You may not, 
and I hope you've picked up a new idea, but there's a chance you've heard those before. I've certainly said them before. The one I don't think I've mentioned before is a real alternative to a metronome for when a piece just doesn't suit it or a student finds it really impossible to do metronome work with that piece while we can try and increase their skills so that eventually they would be able to use a metronome with a piece like that in the short term we need an alternative so what i like to do is i like to take the score and put either both hands or one hand sometimes is all we need into music notation software i use musescore which is free and I find it wonderfully easy to use and really quite robust for a free tool. Other teachers like Finale's Notepad or other tools, it really doesn't matter what you use. Most music notation software will be able to do what I'm describing. So what we're doing is inputting the notation into MuseScore. We're not going to break copyright. We're not going to send this to anyone. We're not going to distribute it in any way. We're only inputting it so that we can have the computer play it. Now, okay. We as teachers could just play it. That would be quicker. The advantage of the computer playing it is it does act like a metronome. It's going to play it metronomically exactly in time. So short of us playing along with a metronome, which is another alternative, and recording that, we won't play it precisely in time because we'll have a little bit of nuance to what we're doing, right? So inputting it into music notation software means that it will be played robotically. Now, we don't want our student to play like that, but as a metronome alternative, this is the perfect kind of backing track because it's kind of soulless, like a metronome, and it's just going to stick to the beat no matter what. So what we do is we input it. As I say, sometimes all we need is, say, the left hand. If we need to practice, you know, playing along with something, you could have the left hand even one octave lower so the student can play along both hands and still hear what they're doing or just the left hand so that they can practice the right hand with that. You get the idea. It depends on the particular piece. Set a tempo for that piece in MuseScore, whatever you're using, and export it as an MP3. So you set the tempo nice and low, like at 50 or something, and you export that and you just call the file, whatever the name of the piece is, 50, and you select MP3 from the export menu. And then you change the tempo to 60 and you export it again and you keep doing it for as many different tempi as you want for the student to have different speeds of backing track to practice along with. A quick note here, you're going to want to put in an extra bar at the start, an extra measure at the start of the piece and put in just to act as like a count in. So I often just put like the root note of whatever key we're in or the first note of the piece or something like that, just four times for four, four, or three crotches, three quarter notes in three, four, anything like that. You just want something that when they get used to it, they'll know when they're going to start because otherwise it's really hard to hit play on a backing track and then start immediately. So they need some kind of account in. Just four notes doesn't have to sound good. You can put in a drumming part if you want, but I think that's overkill for what we're doing here. So this is awesome for jazzy pieces in particular. If you have a piece like where the left hand is fairly steady, but the right hand has to fit in all sorts of stuff on top of that. And a student just gets lost in the noise when they're playing with a metronome in that scenario. Yeah, ideally our students should be able to ha be playing along with a metronome and switched fr switch from like dotted notes to triplets and back again and all sorts of different divisions. But it's hard, isn't it? 
And a lot of it is feel. And playing along with a robotics version of their piece is going to help them to have it exactly in time, then take that away and then go by the feel. But they have that rhythmic undercurrent. This is also awesome. And I use it a lot for duets. So if you, you yourself or your student is working on a piece, a duet, and they don't have a ton of time to practice with their duet partner. Well, you can input that other part so that you get used to playing your part along with the sound of the other part. Because sometimes that can be really distracting, especially if you don't have a lot of duet experience. Even though you know your part, it can throw you off completely. So with limited practice time, that's a great extra tool. Again, your partner is going to have a little bit of rubato, some de- to some degree anyway, to what they're playing. They're going to play like a human, not a robot, but it does give you a good starting point. This is absolutely not worth it for a piece that we're working on for one or two weeks. But if it is like one of those bigger project pieces, if it's something that's really important to you and your student that they learn really well, this can be a great tool to use. And by the way, don't want to leave you without saying, please, please, please do not do hours and hours of inputting notation by yourself in your own time. They should be done with your student. In a pinch, you might do like a phrase or whatever yourself, but I don't want you spending hours doing this in your own time. This is valuable for your student to do themselves because they're practicing, they're copying out their piece, right? Just like we may have done ourselves with pieces by hand, copying out the notation to try and get into our brain, okay, how is this structured and analyze it. Your student can do that through inputting it into music notation software. For most of these scenarios, we're not talking about a student who's really young, really beginner level. We're talking about intermediate students and up. Inputting it themselves into notation software or at least sitting side by side with you and assisting you with it. So like they're calling out the notes and you're putting them in or vice versa. Doing it together is absolutely a good use of lesson time. I would love to hear from you about metronome use, what you think of it, do you hate it, do you love it, what alternatives do you use, and have you ever done this exercise where you put the music into music notation software and have it play it back or export mp3s? I'd love to hear from you. Come find us, we're on Instagram at Colourful Keys. I'd love to chat to you there. Vibrant Music Teaching members get five new games or resources at least every single month that keep them inspired and wanting to become a better teacher each and every day. If you want to join the best community of teachers online, you can go to vmt.ninja and sign up today.